Welcome into week two of the Mike Herndon Show, brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Uh, I have my uh, producer, Easton Freeze, director of published content for Broadway Sports Media here with me, and we're going to talk Titans, Giants, the debacle that was, and then also look forward to uh, the possible debacle that will be in Titans Bills in week two here. So no, here no, we go. no, don't put that bad juju on the Titans, Mike. Come on. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. I'm back from vacation, uh, spent some time with the family in Florida. I actually was was in Florida for uh, for that game. And um, because of, you know, it being a family vacation and everything, I've kind of been unplugged from uh, a lot of the the media titans media world for the last four or five days which is kind of an interesting you're lucky scenario man, in for me case. to be in because yeah. I, I haven't i haven't had all of the other takes you know flowing over me as much as i normally would oh interesting and so now i'm uh i'm coming in a little bit fresher with with my my opinion it's not been already tainted by uh about to say we've got a we've got an un we've got a, a filtered untainted version of the mike herndon just a pure opinion based on what he saw here. This this is interesting. So yeah, it's been a, a crazy week, and there's been, of course, after such of a like you said, debacle of a game, the media and the fans here in town, while you are off frolicking in the waters of Florida, have been uh, mildly panicking just a little bit. Things have been getting a little heated. Um, naturally, you know, week one that's that's how it tends to go when you lose, especially in that fashion in week one. That's how it tends to go. So like you said, we'll talk about that game, your thoughts from it. And then we'll get into the uh, upcoming game and what the Titans are going to have to do to avoid starting 0-2 for the first time in, I'm not sure how many years, but it's been a while since they've started out that way and they'll be looking to avoid that. I wanted to start um, and get your thoughts this week on the article, the the topic uh, of the article that you wrote over at paulkaharski.com earlier this week, just talking about the Titans play calling and their coaching staff and the coaching decisions, which has really been the main topic here in Nashville media for the past week. Tell me a little bit about what you wrote and why you wrote it. Give me a, a 10,000 foot view on your thoughts from that article. Yeah. So I, that was kind of the, the angle that I took was just looking at the Titans coaching decisions, because frankly, I mean, the Titans made individual mistakes. Like Randy Bullock should have made that kick, you know, point blank. That's a makeable NFL field goal. Um, as I mentioned in the article, that's about an 80% kick for NFL kickers. So eight times out of 10, he's going to hit that. Unfortunately, you don't always get to pick or you don't ever get to pick which two are going to be the misses. Right. So, um, you know, I looked at, at the numbers from kicking from 42, uh, versus kicking from 47, which is what they did off obviously. So if they could have picked up five more yards, that equates to a 10%. Uh, roughly percentage gain and making that field goal, which, you know, that goes from, uh, you know, an 80% chance to win the game to a 90% chance to it's win the no game. no small which is margin. It's yeah. not, yeah, it, it's certainly possible Bullock still yanks it wide left, but it's not, it's a little bit better odds that maybe that squeaks through the uprights. Uh, versus well, I think what, especially what with a guy like trying. Bullock, right, who who is an accurate kicker, but his range is clearly limited. That's a pretty significant deal for a guy like him. It is. And and he's not, you know, he's not the most reliable kicker, you know, any, any help you can give him. And I know they, they mentioned, you know, wanting to get it on his preferred hash and everything, but, but my problem with that whole operation was like, you know, the Titans are really usually good in these end of game situations at 
one operationally being on the ball, being ready to snap it in, in that kind of situation, which they obviously weren't. And I don't know whether that was a play not getting into Tannehill problem on time or Tannehill not getting it conveyed to the rest of the team or, or maybe even like guys just being slow to get back to the ball. I'm not sure which. I mean, they looked lined up was and really ready the to snap the driver. ball, right? I mean, that's, looking back at it, they looked prepared to snap the ball. So that, that's what I thought too. And, and I mean, that's one of those plays where, yeah, you want to run a play because you, if you've got to be able to save that timeout, you can't give up the five yards. Like I agree. You don't want to give up the five yards for, with the delay of game. Uh, but you, you've got to run a play. Cause even if you th- chuck that ball out of bounds uh, or, or grounded or whatever, you know, that's a better result than using your time out there. Cause then that takes, the bullet out of the gun to be able to, you know, operate in the middle of the field comfortably, all that stuff. Now, even with that 18 seconds is enough time having burned the timeout to be able to run a play. And whether you want to say, all right, Tannehill, it is hit the guy on the sideline so he can get out of bounds or throw it out of bounds. One of the two, or you could even go, you could still go over the middle at that point, as long as the team was prepared to get on the ball and spike it. So I well, think and you still had a timeout, right? Well, yeah, I'm saying even after they call. Oh, the after that, yeah, 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 yeah. Even after they burned the timeout, yes, it, you you still had an opportunity to go get more yardage instead of right. running that goofy, you know, rollout. Because once you did that, I mean, you're still having to get guys on the ball. You're still taking the risk of you know maybe somebody doesn't get lined up right and it's a 10 second runoff and ends the game. And like that's the the worst case scenario deal. But it's not any worse having done the little rollout than it would have been if you try to pass over the middle. Um, frankly, like it, it doesn't take a significantly different amount of time. And they were on the ball with plenty of time to snap it and spike it and get, you know, yep. bullet gone. So I really don't understand that mismanagement. I thought that was, I don't know if it was too much confidence in their kicker, uh, which may have been misplaced, or if it was too little confidence in Ryan Tannehill, because you know, and I pulled some of the numbers that bad stuff just doesn't happen in those situations very often. Quarterbacks are really good about, hey, I know that I cannot take a sack, I cannot throw an interception, and I cannot, you know, obviously fumble the football. And quarterbacks are really good in those scenarios at avoiding those things historically. Like you even see really that kind of thing in college. It's, it's you see that kind of thing happens. from really right. young quarterbacks. You don't see that from ten-year veterans like Ryan Tannehill. They, they who have been having mistakes. a great game too. So right. I, yeah, I think that was a very puzzling decision on on Vrabel's part, and I, I take big issue with that. I think that cost them uh, substantial opportunity to, to increase their odds of winning the game. But going further like the other topic that i kind of delved into there was was downing and and that's right. you know from what i understand a little bit that I, has filtered through to me uh in, in florida has been that people are not <laughs> yeah while you were in florida he's been right fired now. by a, a couple hundred thousand different individuals this week that's, yeah that he's is lost his I job understand. a bunch of times not actually uh, the one person that can actually fire him has not decided to do that but everybody else has so <laughs> he's down to the one supporter but it is the one he right. needs yeah um yeah, downing to me, like look, the game was not a well called game overall. I thought they were way too cute on the third and short stuff, like the wildcat. Like in the wildcat, I, I don't necessarily hate the call, but I I don't understand why there wasn't a single third and short where they actually just said, "Okay, stop Derrick Henry." Uh, you know, just straightforward. 
turn around, hand him the ball, stop him, you know? And I don't know, maybe they were kind of burned from that Bengals game. Uh, and when he did get stuffed on, on those, um, on that third and one carry, I think pretty late in that game, uh, right on the edge of field goal range. I don't know if that's what the, they had in their mind, but then the Chigaconquo, uh jet sweep, which Downing admitted today was, uh, you know, a bad call on his part. It was just way too cute in those situations, but but even more than their third down play calling and execution, which was horrific uh, in this game. Why are they constantly, and this is something that has been consistent under Vrabel, so I don't think this is actually a downing issue. I think it's a Vrabel issue. They are consistently the league's leader in first down run calls. And that goes from Matt LaFleur. That goes to Arthur Smith. That goes to Todd Downing. That not, None of those coordinators changed a thing about their consistency with running the football on first down. And I get it. You've got Derrick Henry. He's, you know, a big bad man. And, and you want to give him the ball and give him as many opportunities to make game-changing plays as you can. But you can do that on second down too. You don't have to just be exclusively a first down run team, which is what they almost were. I mean, the uh, excluding the hurry up drive at the end, 18 of 25 first downs were Derrick Henry runs in this game. And if you exclude the two first downs after penalties, it was 18 of 23 first and tens were Derrick Henry run calls. That is insane. It's absolutely insane to have that much predictability on first down. And the saddest thing is when you look at Tannehill's numbers, including that final drive, but also including the balance of the game on first downs, he was nine of 10 for 135 yards and two touchdowns on first down passing in this game. Unbelievably efficient. I mean, that's 13 yards per attempt uh, on first down. So when he does get the opportunity, he's wildly effective. And I'm sure, you know, there is some, you know, this, the defense is is so shocked and has to be put, picked up off the ground because they did call a pass. There's some of that baked in there. But when Which you're fair, 13, when they only ever run the ball on first down, when you're averaging 13 yards per attempt passing on first downs and four yards per attempt rushing, which four yards per attempt rushing is fine. Like, that's not a problem. Perfectly acceptable. They stayed in third and short consistently in this game and should have been much better on third down than they were but that's three and a half times more efficient per play to throw the ball there and i you know no matter how much closer you got to 50 percent, it's not going to change the effectiveness that much and, and i just don't understand why this team consistently under Vrabel views third and short as a goal and not something to be avoided. Third downs are to be avoided, period. Like it is Canadian football for me. You you go get first <laughs> and second down first downs. That is that should be the goal every series. And if that's not the goal, that's probably and that's why the the second and 10 runs drive me nuts too. So if you do pass on first down, fine. I get maybe you don't want to go to you don't want to get into a third and 10. But just because one pass fail doesn't mean the next pass is going to fail. So I, I, I think it's just, it's crazy to me that they view third and short as such a goal and such a good thing. And if they don't, they need to tell somebody because their actions tell me that that is what they're trying to get uh, is to get into third and short. And it, it drives me crazy because it's bad football in my opinion. Right. I mean, like you said, the third down desire that they seemingly have, is infuriating, I'm sure. 
um, to, to everybody that watches. And, and not only is it infuriating that they seem to want to get into third down, but in third and manageable circumstances, at least in this first game, they were dreadful. In your article, you talked about how they it was just it was a third down disaster. They converted three of 11 of their third down attempts and nine of those were third and six or better, which should be very manageable third down situations. You, you'd think that at least half of those you convert, you convert, right? Um, yeah. What did uh, talk talk a little bit about that? What did you see in this game that, you know, on, on these third downs, maybe when you went back and watched the, what was the common thread? Why was it such a failure? Yeah, you know, some of it, and I thought Tannehill was generally very good in this game. Um, but some of it, I, I thought Tannehill missed a couple opportunities. There was um, there was a, a seam ball to Austin Hooper that, you know, Hooper wasn't wide open by any means, but I felt like that should have been ripped in there just because there was no safety help, really, and he had inside leverage, and and that's a ball that you'd like to see your – six million dollar tight end go get um so there there were some things like that in there but i thought a lot of it was just questionable play calling like the third and i think it's third and four down inside the 10 and they come out in this jumbo personnel the package jumbo 23 yeah, oh yeah 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 this a lone receiver on the field and i'm this going, you probably missed this week this was a a this this picture made the rounds that that screen cap made the rounds on twitter all week long just about how yeah. ridiculous you've got yeah. pass catchers the elite cody hollister and elite blocking tight end uh jeff swayman in there and that's it in terms of passing threat well, and, and you run the play and the, the play design on that one, it, you know, Hollister's really the only option, uh, you know, I, I guess they were trying to get like a high, low read and, and you know, the safety kind of read the play and, and stuck with Hollister, given the corner, the ability to come down, but there was not a whole lot else available. I, I think he ended up throwing it to, to Henry um, short late. And of course, Henry dropped it. Henry, Henry shouldn't have been in the game in that situation. If it, if we're going to run the football, which it's third and four, I, I I don't think the Giants probably felt like run was a huge threat in that situation. Um, if you're going to have a, a running back in the game and you're going to throw the football, make it Hilliard. I know Hilliard dropped one too, but he's a much better passing ca- pass catcher than than Henry is. And, and route uh, runner for that matter. Uh, and route runner for sure. And and I felt like, you know, there was a little indecision from Tannehill. I, you know, Henry wasn't going to get the first down even if he caught it because he was right up against the sidelines. Um, and then Hooper didn't do a great job fighting through traffic. I think he was supposed to be kind of the – he was going to be the kind of middle read back. Uh, so there was a high-low read on the outside. And then I think Hooper was supposed to come in and kind of be the the late – you know, maybe he's able to come open on the backside of this thing as Tannehill's kind of sprinting out and Hooper didn't get through the traffic quick enough. And there was some of that, like there was some new pass catchers, just not being able to sort through their options quick enough. You know, I thought Robert Woods looked pretty pedestrian. Uh, generally there was, some stuff. Kyle Phillips, I think ran a, a bad route on one of the third downs. Um, where he kind of should have kept going. And there was there was a guy about to come down and crash on him, but you've got to keep going and make a play on the ball. He kind of like held up and stopped. Uh, so there was a little bit of blame to go around to everyone, I think, for the third down effectiveness. But the third and short specific stuff, just way too cute as a play caller, in my opinion, was kind of the, the primary culprit there. 
Well, in just a moment, I'm going to ask Mike about what he thinks. He mentioned earlier all of the Titans offensive coordinators under Mike Vrabel have had a common thread, a common issue in their insistence on running on early downs. And I want to talk about what he thinks the common thread is there. And then we're going to get into uh, some discussion around this week's game. We're going to move on, put that horrible Giants game in the rearview mirror. But in order to hear his answers to those questions and many more, the vast majority of the show is ending now. If you're listening on podcast, um, if, you, if you're listening to the preview of the Mike Herndon show on any of the Broadway Sports Media Podcast Network feeds, then uh, this is the end of the road for you. Come and listen to the rest of the show on broadwaysportsmedia.com. You have to become a Broadway insider in order to get the entire Mike Herndon show. It's the only way to see it. It's exclusive to broadwaysportsmedia.com. You can check it out. The video version will be there available for you, the entire show on video, as well as uh, the audio version on a SoundCloud that you can download and listen to at your convenience. So go and become a Broadway insider today. Use code INSIDER to get your first month for just 99 cents, or just go ahead and pony up, get the whole year. You'll be happy. You can set it and forget it. Not have to pay again for another calendar year, and you can get it at a great price right now. Use code ANNUAL to get it for $49.99, which both of those deals are not going to be around forever. It's the best price you're ever going to get on a Broadway Insider subscription. And it gets you this show as well as all of our other great content that's behind the paywall, including early access to articles, premium articles, uh, special fantasy leagues, special group chats, all of these awesome things that we're doing and that we have in the works. You have to become a Broadway Insider to get them. 